Welcome to my unfortunate view of the world. If you happen to be the designated leader of your family, it is your responsibility to teach your family members exactly how the cow eats the cabbage. Your family is as weak as its weakest member. The drag and non-productive, unprincipled member places on a family unit can be costly, financially, emotionally, and has a real debilitating effect for sure. Set the family operating tempo early on. Put in place procedures, rules, and guidelines and sanctions for the family to function effectively, efficiently, and safely. You want to be precise about what you lay down as the marching orders. Make sure the procedures and rules are exact and precise. Now guidelines are different. They can be less so. You wouldn't want to stifle creativity. But then again, don't come home pregnant does not mean it's okay to engage irresponsibly in sexual misconduct as long as it doesn't result in in you becoming pregnant. Just because you are good at getting pregnant or getting someone pregnant doesn't make you a good parent. Just because you have the male body parts doesn't make you a man. Just because you have the female body parts doesn't make you a woman. Pretty much all animals have the same body parts, but it doesn't make that animal a man or a woman. It takes a great deal more to be a real man or a real woman. To be the man in your house is to be the provider of your family. If you want to be given the honor of making final decisions, then you'd be you'd best be able to hold the title of decision maker. If you cannot hold down the job, which means act like a man or act like a woman, instill confidence in you from your significant other, win and keep the respect of your spouse, then you don't deserve the authority given you. It is like winning the championship belt. If you want to keep the title, you have to be able to defend it. If you want to hold the title, then you'd better be willing to do the work to keep the title. Barking about being a man, going out there urinating on trees and fire hydrants, that doesn't make it so. A woman chooses to give a man authority to be the man in the house not automatic just because one happens to be the man or the woman or the head the other person has to give that person authority and if it's a married couple involving a man and a woman then the woman has to give the authority to the man to make him the decision maker just as easily as she gave the authority she can take it away especially She should take it away if the man does not live up to the expectations set down. Why should or would a woman give the authority to make the final decision to someone she believes she can do a better job over? Most women are fully capable of making their own decisions and taking control of their own lives. So why would they give over the decision-making process to the man? 
Why do they make conscious decision to hand over the authority for the final decision to the man? It is her choice and her decision to do so. So in fact, who is really making all the decisions around the house? Really? It shouldn't be in the woman's mind that to give the man the authority to make the final decisions is somehow an indication of her weakness. It is actually the opposite from the truth. The woman who feels empowered enough to give the final decisions to the man is in fact making a decision. She's not really giving up her decision-making process. She's actually decided to let him make the decision. In most cases, I mean, it's already this way. Sexual relationships, most cases are up to the woman. I think the woman decides if anything's going to transpire. I mean, when it comes to consensual sex, the ultimate decisions is up to the woman more so than the man, I think. She decides what is going to happen. Not too many men have the intestinal fortitude or the will to walk away from the enticement of a woman. It's my opinion that women are more likely to walk away from the enticements of a man than the other way around. Yeah, there are some exceptions to the rule, but it seems not to be the case in the majority of the time. I think women run the world. They just let men think that they are in charge. How many millionaires over 75 are women? How many men have been killed in combat versus women? How much money is spent on breast cancer research versus colon cancer research? Of the 200 most dangerous jobs in the world, about 98% of those jobs are occupied by men, not by women. Don't be fooled into thinking men run the place. Then again, don't violate the trust. The other thing about your family, don't lie to your kids. You know, some people tend to lie about their past drug usage. You can't fool your kids. Tell them the truth. You know, tell them, yeah. Taking drugs makes you feel good. You will like it the first time then you will eventually become a slave to it. Yes, some people use drugs for a long time and then stop cold turkey. Others use once and are hooked for life. It's a crapshoot. And are you willing to gamble on which one you are? Take the time to show them the young girls and boys who sell their bodies as prostitutes to get their next fix. Tell them about the 22-year-old white kid who, who climbs through his parents' windows when they're gone and steal stuff from their house just to sell it for dope. Tell him about the one who has taken the radio apart in his car because he's so paranoid that he believes the FBI has put a transistor in there or a, so they can, you know, wiretap him or something. Show them the woman who's so strung out that she sits by the trash dumps mumbling to herself while picking at her scabs. And tell him about the 46-year-old black father whose son discovered him lying in bed with his nostrils and mouth filled with dried vomit. 
because he was so under the influence that he died in the night and drowned in his own vomit. Be truthful. I mean, I was. When you see that poor, pathetic human being with his or her soul ripped out of their bodies, zombie-like because of what drugs did to them, stop and show your kids. Let your family know where you stand. Draw that line in the sand. Like the Aretha Franklin song saying, I ain't no psychiatrist, ain't no doctor with degrees. But it don't take much IQ to see what you're doing to me. I don't claim to be an expert in raising children, but if your kids are not following your directive, sanction should be including included and part of the sanction should be spankings. I spanked my kids while they were young, less than three times between all of them in their lives. And I did not have to do it later on in their lives. I didn't try to be my kids' friends. I didn't try to be their buddy. I was their parent. Enabling your kids makes their constitution soft and their character weak. Makes them stupid. Stupid plus weak plus lack of character equals in custody. My kids still like to come around. They still want to spend time with me. They don't think they're entitled to things. They don't they don't live off of assistance and they're not addicted to drugs. They all graduated from college. I don't state claim to their success in life. They achieved it on their own. They're they're successful in life despite of me, not because of me. Now, I don't advocate trying to spank your 15-year-old kid. If you have to spank a 15-year-old, it's a little too late. You missed the boat. I also had friends in school that would tell me that their parents used to spank them with it or whip them with extension cords. Uh, I don't think that's right. I think that's criminal. You know, pulling your adolescent daughter's pants down and spanking her over your lap is also wrong. I think beating a child is never allowable. Beating a child, in my estimation, is vastly different from spanking a child. You know, people who grab, pick up things like hairbrushes, rulers, belts, telephones, skillets, shoes to spank their children or whip their children, abuse their children. That's where I draw the line. If you've lost your temper to the degree of grabbing the next closest object to sanction a family member, then you are wrong. Losing your temper is exactly when you should refrain from handling handing out sanctions. Sanctions are to be handed out because of violation of rules, not because you're pissed off. I don't want a police officer who loses his or her temper or control to take action. I want a professional who is under control and possesses a calm demeanor working in my neighborhoods. Parents should be no different in the way they treat their family members. The same manner in which the public expects law enforcement officers to treat the public as the way you should treat your children, your family. 
One of my kids is a music producer. When he was young, he and my nephew decided they were going to go up to the store and buy some music to listen to. They came to me saying they were going to walk to the store, and I told them to go ahead under a certain set of conditions. And this was that the music that they purchased could not be disparaging toward women, use gross profanity, vulgar language, or badmouth ethnic groups or races of people. With that understanding, they took off to the store. A little while later, when they finally got home, I noticed they had come back with a couple of purchases. When they came in the house, they immediately handed or headed toward their uh, the bedroom, and I stopped them and asked them what they'd purchased. One of them told me they purchased a couple of rap CDs. So I said, let me hear one of the CDs. And my son told me immediately, ah, you don't want to listen to that. You don't like this type of music anyway. So I told him, let me hear it. Uh, so they put the CD in the player. It had a pretty good heavy thumping bass line to it. That didn't bother me that the song had a lot of bass. Right from the beginning, though, the lyrics did. N-word this, N-word that. Talking about killing police officers. Bitches and whores, bitches and whores. I asked both my nephew and son if they understood the conditions set for buying music. They told me that they did, but the reason I had a problem with it is because I didn't understand the genre of the music. I told them that I didn't have a problem with the genre of the music. I had a problem with the lyrics. They argued that the music was basically harmless and didn't mean anything. I told them that the songs that advocate violence toward women and police officers was unacceptable. Songs that undermine other ethnic groups or races of people was unacceptable. I told them at some point in their lives they had to draw a line in the sand and let people know where they stand. You can't straddle both sides. You had to make a stand for right or wrong. Now, sexually, sexually inappropriate lyrics are not exclusive to the rap community. Country music, country music is no stranger to talking about sex dating back to the 1970s. It has its fair share of inappropriate content. As a matter of fact, there's a subgenre of country music called Dirty Country, led by musicians like David Allen Coe. He wrote and performed a song called Whips and Things, using some creative language. Conway Twitty wrote one called You've Never Been This Far Before, a song about going to first base with a woman. Eric Church wrote Like a Wrecking Ball that describes having sexual intercourse. Trace Atkins's Honky Tonk Badonkadonk does not show women in a complimentary light. Justin Moore's Back That Thing Up. Dixie Chick's Goodbye Earl, which advocates the murder of an abusive partner. And Indian Outlaw, the title itself is offensive to Native Americans. Rock and roll bands like Aerosmith, Walk This Way, MC5's Kick Out the Jams, even the Beatles, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, references the use of LSD. Blues artists like Robert Johnson back in the 1930s play on words and the use of metaphor to describe sexual encounters. Whatever the genre, people need to draw a line in the sand. Publishing companies can't sell what people are not willing to buy. 
But the buying is not exclusive to males. Women are buying a great deal of this music as well. It strikes me as strange when I see women in cars stopped at signal lights listening to the type of music that describes them as bitches and whores or badonkadonk. It advocates treating them unfairly or as a, using them as a tool for men. But the irony is that women support the industry by allowing themselves to be subjugated. I want to roll down my window and ask a woman why. I know the answer. She'll probably say something like, the song's not about me. Well, if it's not about you, then who's it, who is it about? Oh, it's about all those other bitches and whores. Yes, I can visualize how the song somehow seems to differentiate between the actual bitches and whores and the girls who are just listening to music for enjoyment. The song and lyrics seem to just jump over the nice girls. Probably jumps over their sisters and mothers and aunts and nieces too. It probably has no effect either on all their brothers, uncles, boyfriends, sons, fathers, who hear the lyrics that address women as bitches and whores. You need to draw a line in the sand and tell people where you stand. When young ladies from a sorority on the East Coast were singing Kanye West's song, Gold Digger, some people raised a big stink. I ain't saying she's a gold digger, but she ain't messing with no broke niggers. If it's all right for black artists to use the word, then it's okay for all of us to use the word. Otherwise, it's not for anyone to use the word. Why? Well, because it's offensive. Draw a line in the sand and show people where you stand. The language stops being used in music when the music stops selling. Comedians will stop being vulgar when no one shows up to their performances. Politicians will change their behavior when people stop showing up to their their rallies and stop voting for them. As a matter of fact, voting them out of office. Don't complain about your government when you don't vote, serve, or take action. You have nothing to say. Keep your mouth shut, head down. Keep eating grass with all the other sheep. Let your families know they cannot straddle the line. Yes, I love you. Yes, I'll be sad if you violate the rules. And I will not be happy that you no longer are part of this family. Make certain that your message is clear. Telling the truth does not mean lying to your kids about the notion that smoking marijuana does not make one physically feel good. It's figuring out a way to tell them that smoking is bad even if it does feel good. There are things that feel good that aren't good. I asked the veterinarian, what's wrong with my dog? He likes to eat his own poop and lick his own private parts. The veterinarian told me, it's because he finds something appealing about his poop and licking himself must feel good to him. Doesn't make it right. Make it clear where the line in the sand is drawn. Set specific boundaries. People want the rules to be understandable and clear. They understand that all is not equal. They just want to be treated fairly and the sanctions should be carried out justly and swiftly. No one has ever said the longer I took to handle this big problem, the smaller the problem became. 
If you love your family, you'll be direct and straightforward with them. Don't perpetually feed your kids jelly donuts for breakfast because you lack the fortitude it takes to be a strong parent. It hurts you to see them cry, but it will hurt you worse going to visit them in jail. You are the leader. Suck it up. Give them oatmeal. They don't like it, do bad. They'll eat it when they get hungry enough. When my kids were small, they dared to complain that they didn't want to eat what my wife prepared them for dinner one night. I made them eat bologna sandwiches for three days. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Just bologna and bread. No mayo, no lettuce, no nothing. Oh yeah, water to drink. They never complained again about what my wife, what love in her heart, made for them for dinner. When my kids were small, they had to be in bed at 8 o'clock. They didn't have to be asleep. They could be in their beds reading if they wanted, but they had to be in bed. I never once went to their rooms by 8.30 and did not catch them already asleep. Naturally, as they got older, their bedtime got later. High school homework requirements juxtaposed with sports requirements sometimes kept them up well into the night. That's life. This is reality that has to be dealt with. I was told that my kids would test me and their mother. They did. They didn't win. I tell you what, I've forgotten more stuff about trying to get around my parents' rules than they could even imagine doing against me and my wife. Supervise your family members. You will not have your tax dollars wasted supervising them while they're incarcerated. Remember, what you do has an influence on your family. And make sure all your family members are strong. Because your family is only as strong as the weakest link. Thank you for listening.